welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. I've now talked to quite a few people who are planning world domination in the food or maker industry across lots of different food or beauty or other areas around New Zealand. And everyone that has done the breakthrough has had one huge thing in common. They've all had to find ways to push past times where there's a big risk moment where sometimes they've had to look at how they change their ownership levels or how often they're going to have to get extra extra help in. I think one of the things that I've learned as someone who's grown a business, made it smaller, grown it again, is that there is the sacrifice as the business owner, especially when you uh, like to keep everything in control, of balancing what things it is that you keep control of and what things you may have to give over and working those things out. So no matter where you are in business this week, one thing I'd like you to ask yourself is, if my business grew beyond what it is today, what are the things that I would retain and keep on doing? And what things would I be able to give up? Because that, that is the moment growth becomes possible. Hope you have a great week. Next week, I'm going to tell you what we're talking about. It's me again, and we are going to be talking about gated and non-gated content, what it is how to use it, and whether you should be using one or the other at all. Hi, and welcome to Muppet Marketing. I am your host, Rachel Claver, and today we have a great guest for you. It's someone I have known for quite a long time. She came to an event of mine several years ago, and I actually was lucky enough to get some of her product before it was on the shelves to try it, Um, and I was a huge fan, so I've been wanting to do this a long, long time, but Debbie is a strong-willed person and and has delayed it until this moment, (laughs) haven't you, Debbie? I have. <laughs> but that's okay because she's got a better story now because she's had exciting things happen. Um, before we jump into Debbie talking to us and, and you finding out a bit more about Debbie, uh, more than in the introduction, um, just a few things. If you've got questions that come up from this podcast, do come and be part of the My Marketing community on Facebook. There's a link in the show notes or you can give it a quick Facebook search um, and can ask any questions. I think, Debbie, you're in there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Debbie could even ask answers yeah, sure. to your questions in there as well. Yeah, um, and and then also um, I'm going to do a wee plug for my book because I have no shame. Uh, my book, Be a Spider Builder Web Around Sticky Content Marketing is out. It's been out for a few months. And if you are wanting to work out how to do your content marketing better in an authentic way, then um, give it a look and maybe a bit of a buy. You can get it from Amazon or other ebook resellers, or you can get it from our website and there's a link in the show notes. Right, with no further ado, um, Debbie, it's really lovely having you on the show first. Having me. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, and do you want to tell people a little bit about you yeah. and what started Vince mm. and what Vince is? Because oh. for start, Vince is cool, but it makes me think of like, a middle-aged man you know with like a gold chain so it's not that you're not selling middle-aged men with gold chain no no (laughs) fortunately (laughs) (laughs) no so well Vince is um it's a vegetable mince Vince veggie mince um so where we differ from other meat alternatives 
is that we use real veggies in our mints. And um, our messaging is not, um, we want to fully replace meat. We're like, we want to support you if you do want to do that, but we also want to support you if you just want to reduce your meat because it's also a great veggie booster if you want to add it to a reduced amount of um, beef mints. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our customers are using it that way. Um, yeah, I think, I was going to say with that, because I've got two mm -hmm. autistic kids and um, I thought I only had one. Do I? I well, two. one autistic kid. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I thought I only had one, but apparently I can have two. Um, and <laughs> I was like, no, I only, I can have room for one. No, there's two. Um, but one of them has got a lot of food um, phobias, like, and things like that, but she'll eat mints mm -hmm. and there's a lot of veggies she doesn't eat. And I found that with Vince, I can add it in and because it's got the texture of meat, if I don't tell her, like I yeah. told her it wouldn't work, yeah. but if I don't tell her and I put it in, she can get those veggies in through as well. She Luckily she never listens to this podcast, so we're okay. But <laughs> it's, it's just means I can get that in for her. So yeah. for me, that's been a really good gift. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of mums have this problem, right? They've got fussy kids that don't want to eat their veggies and it is a struggle. It's like everyone's tired at dinner time. It's like, just eat your veggies <laughs> and and I did struggle with the sort of like hidden veggie message to start with because being a chef and using a lot of whole food ingredients it's like no we want to celebrate veggies I need to know exactly what they're eating but at, at the end of the day it's like well why can't we do both let's hide them but also put them on the side of the plate in whole form so that they get used to that as well but we still need to make sure our kids are getting our veggies and fiber New Zealand is a fiber deficient they're not protein deficient, they're definitely fiber deficient. So we need yeah. ways that we can get more veggies. And because one of the things that because I saw a re, I saw an ad actually yesterday and it was it was in a nutrition thing and it was talking about there was like beef and then there was like a a veggie burger and then there was like another veggie burger and it was like read the labels. And because it had like the beef one, it had like beef, salt, I think beef, salt, and, and maybe a little bit of something that kept it from, you know kept it going a bit longer yeah. and then it had like a veggie burger and it had like real food in it like yeah. like your thing is that real food in it and then the other one which looked the same had like all this like these chemicals and other bits and pieces yeah. in it and the list was really long yeah. and with Vince that's not what you're getting is it you're getting just the veggies yeah yeah that's right and that's that's the reason why I started Vince as well mm -hmm. because um when we went plant-based I would look in this, you know, I really missed making all those family favorites like lasagna and nachos and bolognese, those things that you could just get home at the end of the day, chuck it together, didn't need a recipe. And, you know, everyone loved it. Um, so I went looking in the supermarkets for something that I could replace the beef mince with. And I'd look at the back of the pack. It's like, I don't even know what that ingredient looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I feed that to my children? Yeah. Um, so I developed my own recipe pretty much and it does have the consistent this is what I found really fascinating um it does have the consistency of mints yeah so we um dehydrate it so we make it up um in bulk and then we dehydrate it down and so that does a couple of things well a few things so it intensifies the flavor it gives it that texture and also extends the shelf life so I don't need to add any additives or preservatives to it and it you know it sits in your pantry for a year and it's it is like it's it's one of those cool things because it you have them in different flavors, don't you? So like when you talked about those family flav, flav, favorites, yeah. they already have a flavor component yeah. in them. Yeah. Don't so they? we've got Mexican for nachos and tacos, um, Italian for bolognese. It goes great for pasta, and then we've got uh, 
kiwi. So that's like cottage pie, lunch ah, on toast. Good plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So trying to cover most of the basics there. Yeah. So one of the things with your product, because I know that when we first met, you were literally making it, I think, in a dehydrator at home. Is that pretty much what you were doing? Like when you're testing it out, not when you're selling it, but like when you're no, doing well, it. We, well, we used to own a cafe. Yeah. And when we sold the cafe, I converted my home kitchen into a commercial kitchen so that I could carry on doing catering. Yeah. Um, so when I started making vents, I already had the... Um, had my food control plan and I could make it from my home kitchen. So yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. I just got the domestic dehydrators, ended up being like a stack of four of them in the end and then scaled up to the next size and now we're an even bigger size and in the process of trying to find one even bigger. So once we, um, well, I was making it in the home kitchen, but we needed to um, get bigger equipment. So we actually just dropped a shipping container in our driveway and converted that. Because one of the things wow. that when you're growing a business and you're bootstrapping, you want to keep those overheads as low as possible. So yeah, that was a great alternative for us. Because it is the thing, isn't it? You're not having these huge budgets from like, like is it still wholly owned by you or have you had to give up share in the business? Oh. So we have done a pre-seed round, just um, issuing convertible notes so that when we go to do our second raise, um, that's where we'll put the value on the company because it's so early stage um, and there's a lot of potential. We want um, to be able to portray that potential um, with our distribution. Um, so when we go for our next round, that's where we'll put a value on the company. But that, is that, was that a hard thing? Was that something you always knew you'd have to do when you started? Like, did you think, oh, I'm a, we're going to own this. Me and Nigel are going to own this business outright. Yeah. No, and I mean, we've had um, friends saying, you know, oh, you know, we'd love to invest. You know, we want to come along for the journey. And they have been part of the journey as well. So it's really been nice to include them as well. And it's allowed us, allowed us to grow. Otherwise, we'd st I'd still be in my kitchen at home. But does that feel also like a weight on you? Like if, if you've had friends and relatives invest. Yeah. I know you believe in your product. I love your products. So yeah. I, I believe in the power of it too. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to go, hey, no. mate, but does it feel like a weight or does it feel like a kind of like a comfort? Um, yeah, actually, well, a little bit of both, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah, that weight is there, but it is more of a comfort and a support. Mm. Um, for us as well I mean and they've all got things that they advise us on and you know can help us with the business as well which has been really cool yeah. and one of the things that I know and I don't know if this is still present because it was really early days when we first mm -hmm. talked about it but I know that part of your ethos was to try and get as much local produce as possible yeah. to create yeah. it but there was issues initially with finding and sourcing produce yeah. and and there still is um I mean, with the scale that we are at the moment, like we'd had talks, you know, that we could get um, contract growers, but at the size that we're at, that wasn't really possible. Mm -hmm. So I've had to, I'm um, getting them from Auckland, which, you know, I guess is still, it's local. Well, to be local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting it from Auckland at the moment because what they can do in Auckland, they can um, partly process, chop down the veggies for oh, me, no, which yeah. means less labour my end. Um, but our next step is looking, we're looking at a larger facility here in Whangarei um, and to incorporate more of the vegetable processing equipment so that we can use more local, local mm -hmm. <laughs> produce from growers around the Northland region.
Do you find that there is, is it difficult to source? Like obviously at the moment, like everyone's talking about prices. Is that hard for you? Because you have to keep a fairly, you can't suddenly go, you're not like a grocer where you can go, this week my cauliflower is $7. You know, you can't suddenly go to Vince, you know, your Vince and go, I'm putting my prices up 40% this week. You know, you can't do that. Sometimes you have to wear it when it goes, when the price goes up. But um, our plan is, especially with our next stages, that we'll be able to, dehydrate like cauliflower is one of you know the main ingredients and of course that can go up to seven dollars a head but if we can get that when it's um you know in the season then we're going to process it and dry it down then and then we can reincorporate it when it's you know when it is at those higher higher prices and i guess to me that also fits in with a sustainability thing i did an interview with little beauties um about a couple of months ago and they were talking about how their product a lot of it comes from what is unsellable fruit because you know as soon as it drops the ground you can't use it but they can use it with dehydration Mm. and I guess for you too like in seasons that's when there's often glut yeah Yeah. so if you can get to that stage well yeah we've been talking with have you heard of perfectly imperfect yes yeah so amazing to Wendy and um yeah so when we get to our um larger facility we're going to um, incorporate more capacity so that we can produce more of that um, rescued vegetables Mm. Um, so yeah we're really looking forward to being able to do that and that would also increase an investment though for you isn't it because Mm. you know when you're kind of making like if you're at a market stage or at a small supply stage you can kind of make a small batch sound make a small batch but this is you going we're going to make a whole lot of product even Mm -hmm. if we don't necessarily have forward orders for it is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're working hard on that in the background. We've just got um, distri- distribution through the through New World. We won the food starter competition, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's a bit of both. You've got to make sure that you have got something in the pipeline so that you have you can can sell it. But yeah, investing in large equipment and premise and spending money before you um, you know can recuperate it straight away yeah it is a scary part of growing and it's but it's a necessary part isn't it like there is no other way with the FMCG there's there's always an upscale in equipment and capacity that has to happen before that's right it's kind of like a catch-22 yeah because I mean you need to be able to really distribute nationwide and be able to work on your brand because I mean that's the hardest part getting your your brand out there and awareness of your product um, and if you make people aware of your product and they're like okay well we can buy it yes. like at the moment we've got quite and then, a few people in Christchurch yeah. saying oh we can buy it it's like well I haven't quite got there yet but you can go online and buy it <laughs> yeah so, and I mean online's great for you because you you're selling it direct yes uh, yeah. Yeah. so that's you, that's great for you because it means you get that more margin but it's mm-hmm. getting that out there and it's a whole other marketing beast than having it in a supermarket for sure for yeah. sure yeah one of the great things with the um, winning the food starter is that we actually won a marketing support package as well. So it'll be really interesting learning from their point of view, um, you know, what's involved in the brand awareness. Mm. So with the with the in-store thing, like where does your product sit in the supermarket? Like is, does it sit in a place that you feel makes it easy for people to choose it or is it in an odd spot like interesting where would where would you think it would sit (laughs) well it's interesting because it's a dehydrated product Mm -hmm. so I I'm going to say that in my local new world um 
I would I would best find it in the health section. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's only because the other vegan products are often or vegetable products um, or meat free products are often in the dairy section or mm. things like that, like there's a section there. Yeah. But I think they tend to group that stuff in there. So that would be, that to me yeah. would be in there or potentially, yeah, I think that's where I would I would look for it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, so, so there's two different areas. So in some supermarkets, we are in that health and wellbeing section. Yeah, um, but we're also really pushing for the meal ready section because yes. a lot more through traffic, like, you know, when you're walking past your taco shells and all of the pasta and rice that and is a good things. spot I was thinking about it there yeah. and I was just thinking trying to remember what other kind of things in that space I mean you have a really beautiful green packaging yeah I've got the on-brand color behind me by the way just you know, for those <laughs> of you that are not that are just listening to this one I painted my walls especially yeah, so, yeah the, the packaging's really great so like it, it, yeah. it pops on a shelf yeah but it is like yes it's one of the things I've been quite early to market because mm. it is like it's still it is quite an early to market product is, um, yeah. that can make it hard sometimes in the supermarket. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like if if you want a meat alternative, you usually go to yeah the, the fridge or freezer. Mm -hmm. um, but also with our product, we're not wanting to sell just to people that you know wanting to eat a plant based lifestyle. You know, we're looking for the flexitarians, people that are just looking maybe to cut back a bit, increase the veg. Um, and yes, so sort of that meal ready section is where a lot of people are passing through. So that green is really important. You know, you want, do want something to pop. And we've actually just, our last packaging, we've put, um, you see here, we're just starting to put like a picture of what it makes. Uh, we were missing that. And so people were sort of walking past it and not knowing what it was. So. Because I think that is that thing with that again, that new to market. If there's, you have to make the concept easy, don't you? Because otherwise, it can make it quite tricky. Yeah, yeah. And like with our bag runs, we've always done small bag runs so that we can keep changing the packaging um, based on feedback from from our customers, which has been really good. And because um, the other thing I was thinking about would be really great for trampers. Yeah. Or people that are like traveling or camping and things exactly. like that. Yeah. We wanted to be careful in the beginning. We didn't want to be pigeonholed yeah. into that sort of market. So yes, it's great for camping and tramping, but we are trying to go for mainstream. Oh, definitely for everyday yeah. thing. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, that's why like if it's in that ready to make, yeah. I can see someone picking it yeah. up and then having it yeah. and going, it's actually good. Yeah. I would really love to have it like in a, um, the tramping packaging thing is quite interesting because we want to be a sustainable company, but you'll notice a lot of the tramping foods that are sold in this like really heavy material so people can like put boiling water straight into it. Oh, yes. So yeah, it's something for us to work on. Oh, you could probably do like a big thing with a big supplier or something at some point and do like a Vince just for traveling so it's not even in the supermarket or something yeah yeah <laughs> um so so with the with the product and with 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 the marketing and and going through like how much has it been around a groundswell of getting other customers to go and ask for it or to push it you know you talked about how Christchurch you know they're asking for it have you kind of tapped into kind of using that to kind of get supply in other places um I had Yes and no. It's hard, <laughs> I mean, right? but Yeah, it is really hard. I mean, at the moment, I've kind of really just been directing those people to our website and taking note of what area it is that they're requesting. And then if I get a few in that area, I'll say we've just signed on with a um, merchandiser 
um, sales and for our sales and distribution. So I'll let them know and they'll go in store and, and see them. Um, and then I'll send an email out to those customers that were requesting it and say, can you please go in? <laughs> can you please go in and buy it so it stays on the shelf? Because it's one thing to get your product on the shelf in the supermarket. But in that first, buy first 13 it. weeks, it's like, if it doesn't really sell, they'll just take it off again. Yeah, well, actually, um, I had that happen with a, a, a client. I'm not working on her strategy. We're doing some content stuff. But she actually mm. was talking about yesterday, her product um, is going off um, with a, a, a supermarket. And, and it really is because it's no, like, I think people don't realize it's nothing about the quality of the product. And it's nothing about anything. It's certain. It's certainly just about those again, those numbers. Because for them, supermarkets they want to have that that push all the time and the product to move because their margins are really little low. Yeah. Um, and they also, and I think this is one of the things I found really interesting because some people in your position, and I work with quite a lot of people who kind of work out which one they're trying to do. Some people don't go the supermarket route mm. at all. They stay as a direct thing. But you decided that you wanted to be in supermarkets to make it an everyday accessible brand, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's yeah. right. That's exactly right. I mean, and a lot of people won't go online and buy yeah. their grocery items. A lot of people still want to go in store. I mean, it is changing, but I don't think it's changing quite as fast as people think or expect. Yeah, and, it, markets. and I guess too like your your range is really beautiful and precise but it's not a hugely expandable range so like if you were going to go online you'd have to do this massive other stuff that you were doing to make it worthwhile for people to come to your website yeah yeah that's right I mean we've got NPD which is quite exciting new products in in the pipeline so nice. um, yeah that's cool so yeah our, our plan is definitely to expand but but yeah, if people are wanting to buy Vince and Go online, it's like they've got to go to one specific website and then if they don't spend that much, then pay shipping and yeah, they have to really want it. To... <laughs> and what about the whole thing around getting those margins right? You know, we talk about mm -hmm. sometimes you've got to take a hit because of the up and downs. Like yeah. supermarkets do take, um, no, no, no hate to supermarkets, we love you, but they yeah. do take quite a big chunk, don't they? And if you've got like someone who's also merchandising, like all of those layers have to be in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's some advice we talked early on. It's like, make sure your price point is not too low to start with. Make it high and then you can always come down, but it's really hard mm. to go back up. And another thing too is working at a smaller scale. We know that um, once we get into a larger place and we can start ordering more in bulk and do larger print runs on a, of our bags, you know, those costs are going to come down, but you never know exactly, <laughs> exactly where that's going to end up. So yeah, because I, well. I, um, I remember interviewing um, Sheree from Pepper and Me, and that's one of the things she said was that she kind of like set her pricing, and then she was just really lucky because it grew, and they started doing like, you know, like five tons of, of salt, for example, yeah. at a time. And because she was doing these huge amounts, the price went down, so she didn't actually have to yeah. alter her pricing. She was really lucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of but I think it is like such a science like trying to work those things out and and having to wear it for a long time before yeah. you get a return as well yeah 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a science, but it's also a guessing game, right? You never it is know. a bit of a guessing game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's a bit of a fingers crossed moment yeah. as well. Like, you're just yeah. like, I'm, you know, and I do think that, like, it's, I think for lots of people that are not in the FMCG businesses as well, you know, like I'm in a service-based business, but I think we need to take that ballsy approach across mm. all businesses because I do think that in every business there's this moment where you have to kind of back what you do. And I don't know about you, but I definitely still have regular meltdowns about it. I mean, maybe yeah. you don't, but I definitely have days where I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? I can't mm -hmm. do this. This is terrible. Yeah. Um, and then you just got to push through. Do you have those days or are you fine? Are you just... Oh. No, yeah, for sure. I do, especially when you get the odd bill in that it's like, oh my gosh, where did this bill come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I had to pay for that? I didn't think that was going to be anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it is like, what, it, like, because I know that you work with your husband in this as well. Do you, because, and we talked about, you know, I, I work with Rod as well. Do you think the fact that you've got both of you at, looking at it from two different perspectives, because you're quite different brains as well? Oh, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, we're really wanting to push for price parity with meat. Mm. So we are really working hard to get that down. And of course, as meat goes up and we come down, you know, we're, we are almost there. But yeah, me and Nigel, we have, quite different skill sets which has been great he's um his background is business analyst he loves all the nitty-gritty and the numbers whereas yeah. I'm more creative and operational side of things so yeah, yeah it does it does work, work and I really think well. that helps that pragmatist thing eh because mm -hmm. like you can see often see here's where we're going and sometimes it can feel like a handbrake when there's like a well hang on we're gonna wait for this yeah. but actually it's good for the business to have both of those sides in there Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. agree with that. And I mean, you... we've been in business for together for like nearly 20 years. I mean, so we're kind of <laughs> fine-tuning. Fine I mean, we it's quite good being able to have different views because you can kind of argue each point of view and things that you wouldn't necessarily think about to get that other viewpoint is really, really important. And do you feel, because I know for me, like I actually had to have a little bit of a... Um, Rod, Rod put the kibosh on something this week for me but because I can get really swept away in the excitement of a new thing or a new idea or a concept and conceal the stuff but sometimes yeah. he's like hey but let's just take a reality check on what that looks like and I always feel good when he does it and uh, eventually yeah. sometimes initially I don't feel good about it yeah yeah <laughs> Nigel always likes to come to me with new ideas as well and it's like because I'm the one that has the operations that I have uh, to make it happen it's like yeah. Sometimes it's like just stop with the ideas, please. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a little board with the right. ideas. There's yeah. little ideas on a board. And, and are you because I feel like New Zealand is a great place to and you haven't saturated New Zealand by any like South Island doesn't yeah. isn't using you enough. You know, so yeah. you still got that, but is this an export product you're wanting to do as well? Yep. Yeah. And we yeah. just sent our first um pallet off to Japan last month. Super exciting. Yeah, yeah. Great place really cool. for it. So last year we had someone contact us. They used they were um doing travel books. They were from Japan. They were doing travel books for um New Zealand for the Japanese market. And of course with COVID, it's like mm. wasn't really doing too well. So they were looking to branch out and do a few different things with their um for their business. And so they contacted us and said, We love your product. Um, would you be open to us distributing it in Japan? And as a starter, we're like, oh, hold up. <laughs> we haven't not got the time to do that. But we said, you know, we'll sell it to you if you want to do all the work that needs to be done with um, 
or the, the exporting, um, there's quite a bit of paperwork involved in that, especially with the Japanese market, they're quite, quite rigid, quite tight. So they yeah. did all the work behind the scenes and yeah, that was good. So they, they did it on a um, crowdsourcing platform. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it kind of like is sort of like gauging the um, demand for it in the market there. Um, and also now they're getting feedback from those customers. And so, did, did you have to change the packaging for that market? No, no. So wow. interesting, interesting what the next step is. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty exciting. We've had um, an inquiry from the UK as well. Um, and that would be for a white label or co-branding. Mm. Um, I'd be selling into Sainsbury's and Tesco's, which is pretty exciting, pretty big. I need and a big dehydrator for that. And would you keep the product New Zealand made when you're doing that? Is um, that the plan? Um, maybe. We have got um, a scenario where we would, um, talking about, you know, we want to be a sustainable business and keeping our carbon footprint low mm -hmm. as well, um, possibly setting up plants in other countries as well doing the same thing using their local produce for their local market yeah I actually did an interview it hasn't come out yet it's in a couple of weeks time um but with Thunderpants, which is a completely different type of business yeah, yeah that's what they do they have um in the UK and the US they have Thunderpants UK and Thunderpants US but they don't they wanted to keep their um their sustainability message message all the way through yeah. so they they get everything printed and made in those countries yeah so that cool. the the footprint is is less and i i was really interested by that model because it feels scary but also really exciting at the same time yeah yeah well i see fix and fog did a similar thing yes with america yeah, yeah yeah very clever yeah because I've also talked to people who are doing the export thing and, and it's drama. Like, you know, you get the stuff and it sits on the tarmac and suddenly it spoils or something like that. Yeah. Not so much as dehydrated, but, you know, other things that are like the chocolate melted. And, you know, and they're like trying to find ways to get freezers just near their space. And yeah. and I think too, like we have quite, we are, we're such a, I think one of the things I really like about what you've done is it, I, I also could maybe see it was an export type product mm -hmm. but you have to test it in New Zealand first like if you can't mm -hmm. win it in New Zealand with the product getting it across somewhere else is is really hard yeah you yeah. know and yeah. you've, you're doing this thing where you are putting that groundwork into New Zealand and, and kind of working out what is working here before you try and take it yeah to but in New Zealand is a hard market too <laughs> a hard market we we don't like new stuff yeah 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 and just like the distribution as well and um Spencer. sometimes it's easier just to put it on a pallet and send it <laughs> oh yeah it would definitely be easier to put it on a pallet and send it over to australia that would be easy yeah yeah but yeah it's just the selling at the other end so that's why we're quite happy to work with these distributors in japan because we've got no idea what the market is mm -hmm. like over there so um yeah that was cool and it is a concept of scale isn't it because you know we've got five million people here well that's a city there it's probably yeah. a city there so like you know like the whole concept of ideas around how many people and, and finding the people for you in that market would just it's just like such a huge mind shift compared to what we're doing here yeah yeah precisely okay. yeah and what so what are some things that you feel have been like moments where you had to make a decision to kind of grow or just stay as it was were there have there been those moments uh, I think we've always had big ambitions like from the start we were always you know this will be an export product um, and we just take every opportunity that we can to grow the business um, it's just been full steam ahead 
and yeah not looking back really mm. and are you still like in terms of operation like are you still doing a lot of the manufacturing yourself or if you've got a team now that helps do some of that stuff or is it just also on you uh, I've got one other, which is one other. So it mainly is you still. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, she does. Uh, she does a lot, and I help her. Ah, that's that's a good way to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, yeah, it's been awesome having having her sort of take that load because I mean it really is two different businesses. Mm. So for her to really look after the manufacturing side of things, and then I jump in the kitchen a couple of days a week and help her make it. But um, yeah, and then all the paperwork and you know everything else the event side of things I take care of and is it like because you used to be a chef does that yeah. feel like something that you still really love doing or do you miss elements of that chefing side that kind of thing or is the product development helping that yeah the product development definitely helps that um I think I do, I do always miss the chefing side of things, you know, being in a fast-paced kitchen, you know, doing um, cooking to order as always. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, this is definitely challenging as well, which is great. And I <laughs> no guess you could do that, that chefing side through like your content, like showing yeah. how to do it and getting that kind of video or those things. That's where you could bring that through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one thing that kind of struggle with like, you know, running the business and then I find when I'm doing my recipes and that's quite a creative type thing to switch between the two mm. can be quite quite challenging but yeah definitely I mean people want always want more recipes using the vent so well actually one of my clients is a nutritionist she did a Hi. video the other day um, of how to boil an egg Wow. And she was like, eh. and then I was like, she did on TikTok and then she put it on YouTube and she had like, I think she said 45,000 people. Wow. A huge number of people like within like 48 eight, eight hours yeah. watching this, this egg uh, <laughs> be boiled. And she's just like, the, the hunger for people to watch food videos is, mm -hmm. is, is just inexhaustible. Yeah, it is. And it's like, if you look at the stats too, it's like the amount of time we spend in the kitchen now is, you know, getting less and less. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to produce um, meals that still have high nutrient content in it um, is becoming more challenging. So that was one of the things with Vince who wanted to make it highly nutritious, but also really super easy to prepare mm -hmm. as well. And is it something that your kids have cooked with? Do, you, do your kids cook? Uh, yeah, they have their their cooking nights yeah awesome. well done <laughs> <laughs> one of mine does I'm yeah I, well yeah I have to be honest one does yeah sounds great um so in terms of what you're doing what what's up next you you're gonna still keep pushing this thing obviously with new world that means it's that new push going in there um has that and I know you've got that support for marketing has that kind of added like a extra is that nationwide that new world yeah. push and for that what do you have to do to build the brand do you have to do stuff or do they kind of do it uh, oh yeah no we definitely definitely yeah. have to do stuff um but I mean I guess at the moment what what we're working on is our capabilities to make sure that we can um deliver you know bits onto every shelf in new world so we're working hard on that that part first and once we've got the capabilities really then the push and focus will be on the the brand awareness and the marketing do you think that have you done in-store like demos and things like that yeah and that yeah. was something that was hard with covid um because it's vital really 
the um, in-store demonstrations to show people what it is um, and how to prepare it, how to use it. Uh, we, we were in Faro just before lockdown in 2020. So it sat on the shelf in there and we had, didn't have a chance to go in store and do demos. So that was, that was quite, quite hard, but definitely notice a um, bump in sales when we can get in and talk to the customers. Because I think that is one of the things because it, like, it, it, even though like it's got good packaging, um, and now it's got the picture, which really helps. Hmm. It is a it's a product that it's you don't know what it's like until you've tasted it. That's right. Yeah, and people are always very very surprised. Mm -hmm. I went to um, Field Days, was it yes. last year? Year before. Anyway, it was. Oh, two years. It's been a blur. Let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I thought taking a vegan product to Field Days, I was going to get laughed out of the marquee. But the response was amazing. I was just, I, I had to get nice to send more down because I sold out in a day and a half. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had my stand there and I had all the vegetables that go into Vince. And so, you know, you'd have the beef farmers kind of giving you a wide berth walking around <laughs> the edge of the market. It's like, come over here, come over here, come and try it. They're like, oh, meat alternative. What are you? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, this is, it's vegetables. You know, this is what it is. And yeah. they've got huge respect for vegetable growers, vegetable yeah, growers yeah. farmers too. And they're like, oh, you'll give it a go. And yeah, they were, they were quite impressed and surprised at the same time. That's amazing. And can you, I know you said cauliflower, can you um, tell us a few of the other veggies that are in there? Yeah, yeah. So I use cauliflower, carrot, celery, onion, and tomato. Yum. So it is kind of like one of those, almost like one of those veggie bases as well, isn't it? Like when I think about if I'm making a bolognese, yeah. not cauliflower, but I'd often use celery, carrot, onion, yeah. tomato to do that kind of rich. So it's, it is good for people who are who are on a rush because mm. that takes a while to cook down That's right. from scratch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're making like a beautiful soup or a stock or a meal, it's usually the vegetables that you put in that give it the amazing flavors so I mean these are all the sort of vegetables and spices and herbs that you would usually pair mm. with a beef mince so it's yeah that sounds great um so if people want to get hold of it obviously it's coming to new world and it is already in some new worlds isn't yes. it yes yeah mainly um, in the north island yeah mainly in north island yeah but you can uh, find out on the website which new world or if you want it in a new world in your area, you can let me know. <laughs> Excellent. So they can definitely do that. And if they are listening from Australia, can they? do you ship to Australia? Yeah, I can ship to Australia. It's quite pricey, the freight, but I'm yeah. to do it. People, I think if people love it, like want to try something, they're quite often happy to pay that freight, I think. Yeah, I got my bags printed in Australia and they're like, oh, where can we get this from? Well, on my side. Um, and so, so we've got, it's vince.co.nz? Uh, meet Vince. Meet Vince with M-E-E-T-V-I-N-C-E, Meet Vince z um you can get your your vince there if you want to give it a go if you can't get it at a local new world um and is there anything else we need to know about vince before we um we we finish uh, buy it yeah support local <laughs> <laughs> buy it and let me know what you think of it oh actually one question the packet like yeah. Um, how how much does it feed? Like how how much how big does it go? Okay, so yeah, so one hundred gram bag makes three hundred and fifty grams. Oh, cool. So yeah, so if you're having um, 
say it on toast or something like that it'd be too but if you were going to um, make nachos and add some black beans or there's a lot of recipes online as well it'll feed more like three or four so it's quite a generous serve really Oh, that's awesome. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing today. And I'm really, um, I think what's really good is, is listening to stories where people have been gutsy to take that that leap of faith when you believe in something. And, and also, I think too, the other thing that makes Vince work in my head from a marketing point of view is, you know, you've gone with a packaging that's quite bold, a name that that sticks out. So it's easy to remember. Mm. Um, and, and have kept the the, the actual quality of the product really like really simple and just pure really without a whole lot of other stuff which mm. meets things so it is exciting times for you guys it is it is yeah so it's thank you so much <laughs> yeah thank you so much for being on the show thank you thanks for having me I've now talked to quite a few people who are planning world domination in the food or maker industry across lots of different food or beauty or other areas around New Zealand. And everyone that has done the breakthrough has had one huge thing in common. They've all had to find ways to push past times where there's a big risk moment where sometimes they've had to look at how they change their ownership levels or how often they're going to have to get extra extra help in. I think one of the things that I've learned as someone who's grown a business, made it smaller, grown it again, is that there is the sacrifice as the business owner, especially when you uh, like to keep everything in control, of balancing what things it is that you keep control of and what things you may have to give over and working those things out. So no matter where you are in business this week, one thing I'd like you to ask yourself is, if my business grew beyond what it is today, what are the things that I would retain and keep on doing? And what things would I be able to give up? Because that, that is the moment growth becomes possible. Hope you have a great week. Next week, I'm going to tell you what we're talking about. It's me again, and we are going to be talking about gated and non-gated content. What it is how to use it, and whether you should be using one or the other at all. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.